Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. If you would open your Bibles, please, to Ezekiel chapter 37. The prophet Ezekiel in the Old Testament. Many of us have heard this before, but it's worth reading again. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. If you go read other translations said they didn't even have sinews on them. They were dry. They'd been there a long time. They were dead, dead, right? They were whitewashed. They were dead. There was no sign of life anywhere in them. They were just, you know, clink them together, dead, dry bones. No hope of life. Verse 3, And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, Prophesy or speak unto these bones and say to them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews upon you, and I will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. You shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, as I was commanded, and I prophesied, and there was a noise. And behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld it, or when I saw it, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet, and an exceeding great army. And he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried, and our hope is lost, and we are cut off from our parts. And you go on there and read, and it talks about that. This is a picture of the people of Israel. They were lost. They were gone. They had, they had been far away, cut off from God. It was a prophetic saying of saying, Hey, look, it may look as all hope is lost. It may look as though everything is gone. There's no hope. There's no life. There's no nothing. But what did he do? He prophesied to him. First, what happened? They began to come to life. They began to come together, but there was no life in them or no spirit in them. And then what happened next? He said, prophesy to him and speak to him. Ezekiel said, okay, God. There's a lot that we could stay on this all day long. There's so many verses and so many things I wanted to cover today, but I just want to, this encapsulates all of it right here. A bone that's dry and dead. Life is gone right it's pretty hard to go from i wish i had some bones i didn't think about it jeremy a couple of dead animal bones you clink them and they clank together right they're hard there's no life they're hollow they're empty they're lifeless their squirrel's going to come along soon and chew on them and break them back down into nothing but yeah he said hey there's more there's potential here You've got to see this for the end. God said, no, I don't see this as dry bones. I don't see this as dead. I see this as life. I see this as an army. I see this as going forth and forward. 
exactly what the spirit of faith entails and what it involves. In our lives, we should be at a place that we're believing for nearly impossible things. We're constantly and consistently coming and saying, hey, you know what? It may seem impossible, but God, I don't care. You promised me and in your word, you said it to me, and I'm going to believe it that it's going to happen. Those bones had no life in them. They were dead and dry. But he said, prophesy to them. In other words, speak to them. He said, okay. Where are you at this morning in your life? If God says to do something that sounds absolutely impossible, do you say, okay, God, no problem? Or do you say, whoa, wait a minute. Does your reasoning start to kick in, which is the voice of your mind, and start saying, wait, but this and this, whoa, what about that and this and, uh, mm-mm. Already, you've moved far away. Did Ezekiel say that? He said, I looked here and I said, well, and I considered all these things and I looked at all these. No, he didn't. He said, God, if you say to do it, I'll do it. God said to prophesy to it. We can take this Old Testament story in our life now today. God, what have you promised me to do? What have you said in your word to me? And if you haven't, if you don't know what his promises are, I encourage you in that to start digging and start looking and saying, hey, God, what have you promised unto me? God hasn't just come in here and said, well, I'll give you salvation, Helen, and that's good. Go with it. Take it and run. No, there's much more to that, isn't there? There's much more to it. God desires us to be to be more than overcomers, to live this life in such a way that we're bold about it, that we're confident in it. We see people all over this world, the world today, they say, hey, I'm going to step out for what I believe, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak out. I was having a conversation just this morning about some people in a workplace that, hey, are, they're, they're doing this because they're trying to <clears throat> include everybody or have everybody involved. We should not be ashamed or be scared to try to offend somebody or something else. Hey, God told me this. I believe it. That settles it. We go back and we look and we see Paul in the New Testament. He was faced with persecutions often. Let's go there real quick. Let's go to um, Acts. Mm, not Acts. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, Titus, Philemon. Praise God. Second Corinthians chapter four. <clears throat> and, and and so I, I want to just pay this way here for a minute. Paul is talking in Second Corinthians chapter four. We'll pick up at verse eight. Start at seven. Verse seven. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Judy, will you put up NLT version for us, please? Help us a little bit. I grabbed the wrong Bible this morning. I don't want to be so stuck in theology that we can't understand what we're trying to learn here. But now we have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. What is that? Well, that's the hope of heaven. That's Jesus that came and brought us eternal life. Jesus that came and said, hey, this is Christ. This is our hope in Christ. This makes it clear that our great power 
is from God, not ourselves. We know it's not about us. It's not about what we do or what we can do, what we have. It's about what Christ has given us. Let's go to the next one. Verse 8. We are pressed on every side by troubles. We are not crushed. We are perplexed but not driven to despair. Let's keep going. We are hunted down but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. I want you to pause just for a minute. I want you to think about this. Paul's talking from a place of being persecuted for what he believes. Oftentimes in the Bible, when you go and look and you look in the the epistles and you look in Acts, it wasn't as easy like we've seen Christianity in the church today. They were persecuted. Persecuted meaning death, meaning all forms of torture. And we shouldn't be scared about that, but we should be empowered by that. Because, hey, they were confident in what they believed in. They were confident that they said, hey, I'm bold about what God's given me. And Paul talks often. He says, hey, I would rather go on to heaven. I'd rather that they die, that I die and they kill my body so that I can go on to heaven. Why? But it's better for you that I stay here, right? He would say, hey, I see the hope of heaven. I'm living. I am God's ambassador living here on this earth. And I'd love to go to heaven, but it's much better for you that I stay. We're hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. So verse 13 says this, but we continue to preach. They do what? We do what? Continue to preach despite despite facing persecutions, despite facing challenges, despite facing struggles and trials that may come their way. Because why? Why do they continue to preach? Why does Paul say, hey, we continue on? Because we have the same kind of faith that the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. And we're going to, verse 14 We know that God who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us together with Jesus and present him together with you. We'll go back to verse 13 and we could read on there and talk about all of these things. This is continuing on. Paul's giving the believers at Corinth hope. (laughs) There's so much in this. It's so hard for me to, I just like scratching the tiny surface of it. Our faith has to come with the hope has to come with an expectation, not just, well, I hope that Jeremy's going to call me today, right? Or I, I hope that this is going to happen. No, a hope is, a, is it's an excitement. It's a, it's a bubbling on the inside. It's saying, hey, I'm expecting something happening in my life. I'm expecting this is coming to pass. I'm expecting this is taking place. There's a lot of things that in our life, I was just asking the Lord, God, what should I share? What is it that I should share? How should I encourage the people in it? Because there's, we could all tell stories. And a few years ago, when I was working out at the, um, some of you have heard this, but not most of you. I was working out at the um, uranium mine out south of Jeffrey City. Uh, a normal day was 5 a.m. to 5 p.m., unless it was shifts, and it was 5 to 9. Uh, this was a, a time in our lives, too, that um, we were just having babies, and I was 
taking full credit hour classes at school and working 80 hours a week. And I, Kendra and I still sometimes are like, how in the world did we ever get through that period in our life? But I was, I was working towards my education to be able to be a teacher, and so I knew that there was an end in sight, and that was what my goal was. But there was some things, I had been there for a little while, and, and there was some things that had, that had taken place. There was some rumors of some layoffs that were coming, and some things that were taking place. And so there was, there was some nice perks that helped me to be able to live in that job. They offered drive time pay, and they offered some of these other things that were really nice. And I had heard rumors that they were taking a lot of that away and that they were getting ready to do so. And I happened to be on night shift. And night shift, for anybody that's worked night shift, sometimes it's kind of nice because all the bosses aren't there to boss you around and you get to kind of do what you want to do. But I'm within reason, right? But at the same time, there was nobody really there. And so I had went to turn in my time card and I knew that there was some challenges that were facing us. I knew that they were there was a, a real threat of them coming in and, and cutting that paycheck in half and saying, nope, we're going to cut these hours from your paycheck. And I, we were relying on those for certain things in our lives. And like it was just something that I had signed up for, something that I had agreed upon. And so I said, I don't want that to, to be taken away. So there I was. I had, by the time I got most of my chores done, it was 2.30 in the morning. I was out there. I was submitting my time card, and when I put it in my boss's box, I released my faith, and I said, I said, I thank you, God, that all of this is coming in. Devil, you will not steal this from my family and from my life. And I said it, and I said it in faith. I didn't look at the circumstances. I didn't look at the probabilities. I didn't look at anything else. I said it. I released my faith, and I moved on. Well, I'll try to make it as short as I can this morning. But when I got that paycheck, guess what? They had cut those hours. They had cut $2,000 out of the paycheck. And we got it, and my heart sank for a minute, and I said, oh, man, what do we do? And so I was off for a couple weeks. I had some other classes that I needed to take. I went back the next day, and I, or after two weeks, I went back to work, and I knew something was kind of up. There was some things weird. They said, oh, get your stuff. We're laying you off. Oh, okay. Sounds good. I was pretty happy about it, actually. What had they done? They laid me off, but they gave me severance pay for two months. I was planning to quit soon anyway. And I had always thought, gosh, this would be so nice. I've never collected, like, unemployment in my life before. There was, because I had to go... It's a long story, I'm sorry. That I'm not giving you all the details. But I, had, I needed to go student teach, and I had to pay money to work when you student teach. You don't make any money, you pay money to work. So there was no income coming in during that student teach time that I was getting ready to do. And so we had worked on trying to save up money to pay bills. Everybody knows bills still come, bills still happen, right? And so we said, man, it would be a perfect world if I could get like some unemployment checks during this time but there's no way I want to be honest you know I want to give my notice everything like that and it worked out that because they let me go I was able to file for unemployment benefits over the whole course of my student teaching and that was income to be able to pay for all of my student teaching time now here's the lesson I want you to get and understand there was no way in my mind that I could figure out how to get that extra income. I had looked at every single angle 
the unemployment that I had received over that course was around over $10,000. The money that was on that check was $2,000. The reason that I received unemployment, I guarantee you, I know it to this day, is because I released my faith at that moment at 2.30 in the morning when I turned in my paycheck and I said, Devil, you will not steal this from me. And despite whether I saw that check come in that was cut short or not, it didn't matter. Because I knew what I had believed and what I had said. I said, God, I know that you bless me. I know that you prosper me. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. And whatever I set my hand to do shall prosper. What we declare when we give. That sustained us all the way through. Because I held on to that faith. I held on to it and I said, I'm not going to let go whether it looks like it or not. Whether I see it's going to happen or not. I want to read a couple stories to you. I just, my, my goal this morning is to just kind of open your expectations a little bit more. I want you to begin to start thinking bigger than you've ever thought in your life about things. I want you to blow the roof off of it. There's some things I can tell you from my life and other things that I can't. But I can tell you that I, I, I remember I could start stories and pastor could start stories where we started believing God for $10, $15, Today I'm believing God for millions. Your faith has to work to that place. You've got to be stretching that faith and saying, God, I'm expecting all of this from you. Don't sell yourself short in it. Jesus did not come just to give you salvation and to save you from hell. He came to give you life and life more abundantly. And if you're not seeing that in the world today, I expect you to, 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 to jump in and Grab a hold of that on a bigger level. If your body, if you're not walking in healing and, and, and wholeness in your body, God's promised it to you. Step into it, receive it, believe it, and expect it to be done. If you're not walking in financial prosperity, say, hey, God, show me, teach me where I'm supposed to be. I'm believing you for more. And then don't limit him on it. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's word Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.